0: This is Power, Power Athlete, Athlete Radio,
1: All right, my.
2: with your hosts, Denny K, Professor Booty, and V, Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and
0: retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs.
3: Welcome to Power mm-hmm. Athlete Radio. This is Steve. I'm here with Jenny and Luke. What's up, fellas? Not much. How are you doing? doing? What's going on, guys? Well. Just trying to. Luke, you're just back. Day. Yeah. Um, now you're you're just back from SoCal Regionals, right? Uh, yeah. We spent the weekend in Del Mar in the Del
1: Mar Racetrack and uh, met a ton of people. watched some CrossFit drama. Uh, we had a we were we were considered a vendor, so we were in what they call Vendor Village. Which was about a fuck, about fifty yard by thirty yard patch of mulch, wh- where people just walked through, kicked <laughs> up a bunch of dirt, and like uh, I- I'll tell you, all weekend I was breathing in this wood dust, and I feel like I'd, I'm suffering right now. But we ended up having a vertical we had a vertical jump test at our at our booth, and we were continually getting in trouble all weekend because we had too many people around our booth. And uh, we've gotten feedback from email, Facebook, Twitter, like, uh, that t- people came by, had a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, that's part of our gig here. We put on a good show, make sure people have a good time, uh, get a workout and and learn something. So that was that's kind of the moral of of the weekend. John was there for, for a day. He was able to get uh, about four hours of freedom from the family. And uh, but for the most part, it was me, Ben, Callie, Chelsea and a couple other people helping out. So it was good
2: stuff, dude. Nice. I seen uh, that one picture on the website of Ben hitting 33 and a half inch vertical. Yeah. Is there somebody else who got like 39 or, or oh, there a dude got
1: 38 and a half? So 36 and a half stood for Friday and Saturday. And then this guy came in uh, at the end of Saturday. Uh, he was working at the RX jump ropes booth. He came over and a uh, totally unassuming guy. Uh, valgus knees it, uh, Navicular drop This dude did not look like he was going to jump And out of nowhere he just springs up And hits 37 on uh, his first jump So right there uh, The three guys who got 36 and a half uh, You know they're knocked off the leaderboard So then they find out about it Over Facebook or uh, Twitter or whatever. however they found out about it So they came back and a dude ended up Putting up a 38 and a half inch Vertical but we didn't get it on camera. There was a guy who was walking by. He ended up taking a bunch of pictures. He said he was going to email it to us. So I'm waiting to get that picture. But uh, yeah, there, and then there was a lot of people, Damn, who, man, you that's know, crazy. had like a 24 inch vertical, a lot of people, and they're like, it doesn't make sense because I have a, I have a 42 inch box jump and it's like, and John and I had to talk about that. John actually just walked in. Hey, what's happening guys? <laughs> but it's just what's like, up, John, what's up, John? How are you? People, people are, (laughs) I don't know when the the turn of events was, but now it's like how high of a box you can jump on determines how athletic you are. And it's just, you don't see the transfer when it comes to actual, like maximal dynamic display of strength on a vertical jump. Yeah. it's. uh, i I, am never known where this phenomenon
0: came from, where people were talking about uh, how high they can jump on a, up, up on a box. Because when you watch people do it, it just looks like an exercise in extreme flexibility, um, they're able to kind of comport themselves to get up on the box. And, uh, you know, I remember, um, who was it? Uh, Jeff Martin posted a video of his son, Connor, jumping up on some crazy ass box. And I asked him, I was like, you know, what's his vertical jump? And I think they tested it and his bird was pretty good. It was in the thirties, which is, you know, pretty solid for most people. And, uh, you know, coming from my background, um, it was always about, you know, what, what's your vertical jump? How much weight can you displace vertically? Uh, never about jumping up on a box. So. I don't know where this whole thing came from, but I'm pretty sure I saw that there was a dude that teaches a seminar about <laughs> how to jump up on boxes. It's called the explosive seminar. I'd, I'd like to see what his vertical jump is on a, on a bird tech.
3: Nice. You know, on the, uh, on the CrossFit football boards, there was, uh, I think it was CrossFit football boards. There was some talk about box jumping and, uh, somebody had read some blog post or something where when you jump on the box, you're not supposed to land below parallel. And I think that's what you're talking about when you talk about this this exercise in like freakish flexibility, right? You like pull your legs up till they're over your shoulders. Yeah. And so, so what is the – I mean – so the question on the CFF board was um, – you know, what should we be doing? Should we be shooting for that? Or should we be shooting for like a power clean landing above parallel on the box? Power clean landing
0: above, above uh, above parallel. Um, I think what, what was it when we read some of the Verkazowski stuff? Like 105 degrees. Yeah. It was like, yeah, like 105 degrees of flexion, anything less than that. And the, uh, uh, the effect of what you're doing for the jumping doesn't have the same effect.
1: Don't take that. Don't quote that. I'll look that up, and I'll get it. I'll get yeah. that um, when I post the blog. I'll find that. In the info. Word. But, uh, yeah, cool. when I know... Cool. So I, something did a, you guys- I did the 3RM seated box jump. And I saw a couple of the guys when I was in our office doing it as well. Uh, But, you know, uh, the reps one and two basically ran landing straight-legged on, let's say, I don't know, 40 inch right. box, but then you get me personally, I'd get to that third rep and I'd have to swing my feet up so high and I'd consider that failed, I failed the 10th and uh, I'd rest longer. And then, you know, sure, sure enough, after four or five minutes of rest, I'd get back in there, punch my feet in the ground and I'd get all three reps above parallel. And that's, that's how we train here. And I guess that's how you would look, look to complete a, at your gym. But I mean, if you're at the end of the day, you're in a dick swinging contest to see how high of a box you can jump on, you know, do what you got to do, but, uh, understand the difference between testing and training. And we're trying to train to displace your body weight vertically, uh, at a maximal distance, you know, so do what you got to do to accomplish
3: that. Nice. Good. Easy question. Um, I, I wanted to follow up Denny before we get into the, uh, talk about the four, eight, eight program. Um, you know, I thought last time, Luke, when we talked about the amateur collegiate pro programming, it was like nail in the coffin. But Andrew Kay writes on the Power Athlete on the on the follow up to that podcast. Um, follow up the issue about amateur progression time from 20 weeks. Got it. And he says, what if you're still scaling most of the D wads stay on amateur and then asks if he should punch no. himself in the dick, which. <laughs> yeah, no. no. And yes. OK, so that's uh, easy uh, enough. I mean, that's, you know. A question he feels like since he's scaling the DWADs, and, and you know my thought was the the effect of the amateur program is the effect of the amateur program because you scale the dwad those are different things
1: is that right well the the you only get to utilize that amateur progression and the adaptation that it drives for a certain window then it doesn't become the optimal approach to training and getting stronger both programs are designed to get you stronger right but when you first start out right. your pipe then this amateur approach works when you exhausted that training effect, then we need to jump into the collegiate deal. And uh, yeah, yes. if you have to scale the D scale the D wads, but, you know, try to progress that as well. Keep your logs. Uh, don't be afraid to go heavier and maybe cut back on reps. Yeah. Right. Sense. I mean, cool.
3: All right, Danny, uh, you want to talk about the four, eight, eight or,
2: well, yeah. Um, a couple guys I think Colorado Steve and Ivan on the CrossFit the football blog were um, wondering about that program. And I've always been interested in that. Um, I being thirty nine years old, I'm not uh, I, I can still hang. you know, I, I feel like I'm I do the workouts as they're written um i i feel like i'm getting stronger every day when i look back at where i was in my 20s i feel like i'm stronger and faster and more flexible and my goal is to continually be able to kick ass uh but if there ever comes a time where i just can't hang with those kind of workouts and i have to start dialing it back uh i you know the the 488 program looks pretty interesting and that was written in a talk to me johnny article i think in 2010 or 11 Yeah, and I'm wondering if right now. if anything has changed John since you when you initially wrote up that program for uh whoever it was you wrote that up I mean would you as it's written now are you happy with that or was there would you change anything uh, um you know a couple years later as the programs changed the cross uh, the football programs changed
0: for the most part I mean, it, it's, it, it kind of fits – uh, it's just a, a reduced volume on the program, you know. I mean, you're basically rotating each week with a squatted a deadlift and a front squat for your intensity. Um, you know, I mean, I, I had listed at three RMs, but you could probably do anywhere from a, a five to a four to a three to a two to a one in those in those movements. And then just the, the accessory for X, Y, and Z angle um, for our different planes with dumbbell step-ups and walking lunges, and then you uh, got some curls. And then some, uh, some glued hams and a couple other things. And then the next day for the upper body volume is kind of a, a push and, uh, some higher rep stuff. I mean, no, it's pretty much the same. I mean, uh, I don't think we'll ever get to a point where we're actually going to program a 488, um, just because, uh, we we have enough stuff to do. So, but, uh, yeah, I saw some guy posting they right. there, like, how about posting a fourth workout? I'm like, no, because it's a different program no. and it doesn't fit with necessarily identically within the template.
2: So." Uh, I, I posted it up there. Do you, you have a particular what off of what like age you? group that you, you had in mind when you wrote that? I mean, is it for, it just says well seasoned? You know, does that mean a, a person in their 50s, 40s? You know, is it just kind of, you got to uh, you make see your own on, opinion on it? Did you ever see Beer Fest? Did you ever
0: see the movie Beer, Beer Fest?
1: Fest? No.
0: No, you never uh, saw Beer Fest? Well, there's a line no, in there that goes, you know, it's ten bucks for a ZJ. He goes, "What's a ZJ?" He goes, "If you got to ask, big man, you can't afford it." Here's my thing: if you got to ask, if you're well seasoned, you're not well seasoned. You know who well seasoned is? You know the guy that looks at this program and thinks there's no way I could do this. What else you got? You know, so uh, Denny, I wouldn't say you're too well seasoned yet. I'm saying probably made it another ten years, you'd probably be well seasoned. It's kind of when uh, you know you still want to do the training and you're looking for something that kind of fits, but yet uh, you know, cross football doesn't fit specifically for you. That's kind of where the fall season fits in. Why are you thinking that you're over the hill, Denny? You need a little
2: 488? You know, I, maybe it's the people I'm around, but I, I'm always like the old guy joke, you know, and it, well, I, it kind of gives me incentive to crush them. Uh, we did that. What was the, the 21159 nine back squat ring dip workout, uh, a few days ago. And um, the guy I, my, the, guy I usually train with, um, he was going to train at a later time. So uh, we, at A3 CrossFit, we're also like a performance center. So right now we have some college athletes coming in, kind of doing like a a off-season strength program. And one guy I I was doing it with, he's uh, a quarterback for University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. And he's like, you know, younger 20s, and uh, we we did that workout together and I mean, he, he got me, but we're talking like by six seconds. I mean, I think I, I had like a five thirty four, 34 and uh, he did it in like five minutes, 28 seconds or something like that. And I, I was cool with that, you know, being that he's like 20 years younger than me and uh, he kind of didn't know what to say about it. And uh, the next day, you know, he's like, are your legs sore? Are your legs sore? And I'm like, not really, man. You know, and he's like, man, you know, my legs are just crushed. And I just kind of like laughed, you know, and I was like, you know, chalk one up for the old guy. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't see you ready for the 488 yet.
1: You say if you're if you're put if you're punking these quarterbacks from UW Whitewater,
2: then you got some straight up up punking them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got some. You know what? I'm getting fired up for the team series, dude. It's it's like in three, four weeks. And uh, I'm. I'm, I'm going to LPR in any fucking lift that I'm asked to do. So far, it looks like I'm either going to bench or squat, but I'm kind of preparing myself, you know, to to PR in everything. and everything. Don't,
1: uh, don't give away the secrets, Denny, be, that we had other people who were, were freaking out that uh, they were going to be sabotaged by other teams once they give away their strategy. I guess this whole uh, this whole competition deal, people are, you know, they'll do anything to win. Yeah. Well, the
3: prizes are awesome.
2: It is a big prize. It is a big prize, but I'd feel more satisfied winning if I sent my program to every single freaking athlete who was going to participate in that. So they knew what I was doing, and I still came in there and, and uh, <laughs> there crushed go. it. <laughs> You know what I mean? It, it reminds me like the old, with uh, you know, the cliche in football. We're going to run the ball. The other team knows we're going to run the ball, but we're still going to run the ball. And you try to stop us.
0: When Denny, didn't you play
2: when they had leather helmets?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, when you when you play the leather helmet, it doesn't matter. I mean, they didn't invent the forward pass yet. So, I mean, everybody knew you were going to run the ball every time. That's true. Nice. Nice. Poor Denny.
3: The, the, plays, the plays are written in stone. I can't talk. I'm only one year younger.
0: <laughs> As we say, man, it doesn't matter if it's a, a second or an inch, you know, it's still an ass cooking. you right. like, dude, uh, dude, we beat That's that running. team by one point, like we that. beat their ass. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's, an, you know, one point, an inch, a second, it doesn't matter.
3: Damn straight. Damn straight. A win's a win. That's awesome. All right, cool. Um, uh, we have some submissions to Power Athlete Headquarters. Um, so – Ingo, who's been around forever, right? Ingo writes, um, "I'd like to hear stories of past programming fails/slash nightmares. Perhaps a week of movements that had no business being put together, but you didn't know that until afterwards. In the rare event we ever need to switch movements or hold daisy, and it'd be nice to learn from past experiences so we don't repeat history. So, I guess this question is basically: Are is there?" is there anything that has happened on the crossfit football where it was just a complete clusterfuck you posted and afterwards you were like, ah, oh, that was just, that was idiotic.
0: Yeah. Uh, heavy deadlifts and toes to bar. Yeah. Uh, we had a workout back in the day that was like heavy deadlifts, like three fifteen for a bunch of reps and then a bunch of toes to bar. And, uh, we did it. And like, all of a sudden everybody was lit up in their low back. I mean, everybody's having neck problems and hip problems and, you know, all of a sudden we had a rash of, uh, that evil de- disease called sciatica where everybody was having sciatic problems. And then I got a rash of emails that everybody was like, oh, my back's hurt. So probably the single, uh, two most damaging movements that you can pair are, uh, heavy deadlifts and a bunch of toes to bark. So, so that was probably the worst one or some of the, the mistakes that I made,
2: uh, was another real crappy one. Um, whatever happened to the wall touches I haven't seen those program in a while you, you used to ride up like nine foot wall, wall touch. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about the reverse wall,
0: uh, reverse wall climbs?
2: No, no, just, no like, jump, like mark a nine foot target and jump and touch the wall. Not, you know, so many times X number.
0: Yeah. Those, I mean, that, that wasn't a bad one. We just, I, I don't know when that'll make its way back in, uh, Probably the the one that um, I'm pretty good about trying things out. Like the one uh, uh, great idea I had was we were going to do the three bars to death. You know, the ten down to one, power clean, bench press, deadlift. Is that what it is? No, it's power clean, bench press, and deadlift. Yeah. So we decided it's like uh, you know I think they call Linda or three bars to death. We had decided that we were going to sub out the deadlift for uh, for back squats. And like I think I did in the Linda in like 26 minutes, and then we uh, subbed in the back squat and it was uh, 75% power clean, hundred percent of body weight bench press, and then like one and a quarter back squat. And uh, all of a sudden Linda turned into like sixty-three minutes of just like heavyweight fist fight. And uh, it was um, it, it definitely wasn't a very good one. So that one never made it on because I tested it ahead of time. But for the most part, uh, I think at least For the first couple of years, any type of, if there was a question about anything or if we wanted to, you know, we had impaired something, we usually did it ahead of time. And after about two years, we'd pretty much done everything that we would ever imagine. And so for the most part, I think we figured out a lot of what was right and what was wrong. I mean, as long as you, you know, kind of stick to the model of, you know, train a full body, you know, break it up into push and pulls, different planes of motion, and, uh, you know, don't overload movement patterns, you're usually pretty good and can kind of, it sustainable
1: now what about even before CrossFit football is there anything that you did in your training with any of your other coaches that just failed or like uh, can you think of anything i mean what about the seven minute mile test oh yeah.
0: yeah uh one year at cal my uh head coach thought that we weren't in very good shape he thought we were fast we were in good shape so he was going to change the conditioning test into a, a timed mile so that whole off season uh we, we ran nothing but like timed miles. And I, I, cause I was under 300 pounds. I had to run a sub seven minute mile. And I think I ran a 6:58 finally after like doing it like twice a week for the whole summer. And, uh, I ended up passing. The only problem is nobody had done any speed work. And so we had been lifting weights and just running distance. And, uh, needless to say, we were extremely shitty that year. Uh, it's amazing. You know, they, um, you know, what needs to happen to pass your conditioning test had nothing to do with what, the uh, application on the field was so that was a massive fail we didn't do so well that year i think of what else i did in my programming that was kind of interesting
2: uh
0: me think uh after my rookie season when they wanted me to weigh 335 pounds and i ended up weighing 336 that was a terrible idea Uh, i remember i went out to mini camp and like i took a, a pass set and i felt like the guy ran around me like i was like a big planet and he was like a little moon orbiting me he moved so fast and uh, I literally left mini camp and like literally I think I ate like one salad a day and, and like did like literally rode like four hours on the exercise bike and lost like 30 pounds in six weeks and showed up at about 300 pounds and played pretty well. So that was a terrible idea. But, um you know, uh, the only thing with this training and I think what what is kind of confusing and what I see a lot of is like everybody's always asking about, oh, what accessory work do you want to do? And I'm like, uh if you see the way the programs lift or really works, like today, for example, uh, we did some uh, horizontal pressing. We, did, we tested a 1RM in the front squat. And then the accessory work is this thing that we call the d Wad, where we had uh, three front squats, a rope climb, and some push-ups. And we, you know, we did an AMRAP, I think it was in 15 minutes. Like, if you want to do some bicep curls, but if you get done with that wad and you feel like, yeah, I need to hit some more accessory work. Um, you know, that's going to be pretty legit on the rope climb. I mean, I'm usually pretty fried from that workout. So usually what we've done is we've kind of hidden a lot of what you would call your accessory work in the, the daily wad, in the conditioning portion. I mean, what we used to call back in the day, we used to call them supersets. Uh, but. I mean, I'm not going to program bicep mm-hmm. curls. I mean, if you want to program and you want to do hammer curls, should you do hammer curls? Yes. Do I do hammer curls? Yes. Shrugs. Do, 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 do we do shrugs? Row, yes. Do I do some bent over row? Yes. Uh, you know, if you need like uh, the reason that I've never really programmed any accessory work is it's always been very uh, unique to me. Like I know what I need to hit in my big lifts. I know what I do for my accessory is different than what Luke does for his accessory. So um, you know, uh, I've never seen. A majority of these people ever trained. So I have no concept of what's wrong with them. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of these videos uh, where people post with their squat and be like, hey, can you critique me on my squat? And like, they're looking for some magical thing. And all I want to write is like, you need to get fucking stronger. Like, and the only way you get stronger is by getting underneath the bar. Um, the analogy I give, uh, it seems like I give us analogy a 100 times a day is training is like, Moving dirt. There's a massive pile of dirt that I have to move from one place to another place. You can either move it with a spoon, you can move it with a shovel, or you can move it with a front loader. As long as you're moving dirt every day, you're fine. The problem is, everybody's looking for this like magical thing that, like oh, somehow I'm going to do some accessory work that's going to magically make up for my shitty squat. Um, uh, you know, like, mm. especially when you look at a lot of the West Side stuff where Louis is really talking and the, and you know, Louis Simmons is talking about accessory work. He's talking about guys that squat a thousand pounds that are looking for minute changes that, you know, maybe something's out of balance where their hamstrings aren't strong enough and they need to sit back a little farther in the squat. A guy adds a bunch of weighted, uh, you know, full GHRs. And next thing you know, he, he hits a PR on one of his lifts. I mean, when you're talking about amateurs, um, you just need time under the bar. We call it greasing the groove. Like how many reps do you have under the bar? Do you have 10,000 reps? Have you done enough? So I, uh, I, I just, I read a lot of it. I just kind of shake my head and laugh a little bit where I'm like, yeah, your accessory work, it's called the bars lift
1: weights. And at the end, like uh, even around at the the regionals, there's so much shit on it. That was like, I'm extreme. I'm elite and all this stuff. And that like, that's cool. That's a cool community to be a part of, I guess. But amateur shouldn't be seen as a derogatory term. I've been lifting weights since I was 16 years old and uh, just being around John, who's got another decade on me in training, if not more, like I, I feel like an amateur and I'm not a, like, a, I'm not afraid to admit that you should always be going and trying to try new stuff. Uh, and, uh, at the end of the day, it is about just mileage under the bar. You just got to squat more. We, that's one thing we've noticed recently just cause there's been some spotty, uh, spotty training due to work, travel, family, other Juice. stuff, other stuff we just out of our control. What we notice is we're the best when we are actually lifting weights, you know? So just get out there, put in the time. And that's how, that's how you get better. Yeah. I mean, like for me, and I, and I an yeah. analogy of the
0: dirt with myself and that it's, um, like, as long as I'm moving the dirt, like I, I don't have every day, uh, I don't have the time, uh, to be able to bring a shovel every day. Like, uh, I was right in the middle of squatting about two hours ago. And just as I'm about to, uh, start working up to my peak sets, my wife comes in and it's like, I have a doctor's appointment and drops the kids off in the dog And my 18-month-old daughter is just sitting there screaming. So what do I do? I end up holding her for an hour. And then just as I start getting going after she comes and picks them back up, and now we're here on a podcast. And now I'll go back out and finish. And yeah, it sucks. Uh, But unfortunately, as long as I'm (laughs) able to move the dirt each week or each day and I'm able to really amass a volume of training, then I continue to get better. Um, uh, You know, it just it's just time in and time out. Like the only way you're really ever going to build that tensile strength and that strength within the organism is by being under a heavy bar and doing the lifts and, and like grinding and going every day. Um, everybody's looking for some like magical, like, oh, you know, my squat sucks, but I magically did some one arm dumbbell rows and now my squat is better. That doesn't work like that. Like I like, like if I if I were to watch you, you know, a lot of guys squat and they have a glaring weakness in their upper back where they can't support the weight and they're getting crumbled. I'd probably tell them like, yeah, you need some more vertical pulls. We got to do some more pulling to try to get some back stuff. But when the whole fucking thing is weak, I don't know what to tell you. Like, get stronger. Lift weights. Right, right. Fucking do it. Like, I, it, it, like I, I almost feel like um, fucking taking crazy pills sometimes when I read the message boards where it's like, dude. Just fucking stay the course. Like, everybody is looking for this. Like, I I, I saw one guy in there that, that blew my mind. This one guy posted he had, put, he had put, like, 45 pounds on his bench in seven months. And some guy's like, I'd be pissed off with those results. I don't know if this program's any good. Dude, if I put 45 pounds on my bench in two years, I'd be fucking excited. Like, yeah. uh, like yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, I remember that same post. At, like, what the fuck's that guy talking about? At the level at which we're training, like we fight for pounds, like, like five, 10 pounds. I mean, I know it's great to be an amateur and come on and put two and a half pounds every time you walk in the door. And at the end of, you know, you know, hopefully in the end of 20, 30 weeks, you've packed on this weight. But shit, man, like once that ends, like you fight for pounds, you know, I mean, and it's um, yeah, I'm just. I I don't know. I I either I'm messed up or, uh, or or people are unrealistic or, you know, really expecting some things, but you know, I mean, really those gains from that amateur, um, you know, blow my mind, but I I do enjoy when people post to YouTube, I usually try to watch them. And just the biggest thing is like, you need more reps. You need to be stronger as an organism. You need to be able to develop that tensile strength. And the only way you build that is by putting heavy weight on your bar, picking up heavy weight, benching, heavy weight, lifting heavy weights, all the accessory work in the world isn't going to make you stronger if you haven't built the base strength foundation. If you haven't
1: hammered yourself out of the uh, without, uh, you know, with those barbells. And you also need eyes on you too. And it's I know a lot of people don't have training partners, but seek out a coach. Get in front of a coach every once in a while. Uh, if YouTube's the only way you're going to do it on the CrossFit football boards, you know, you get what you pay for. But uh, we like to say coach needs coach. That's uh, that's Tex's second line. Oh. Tex always says coach needs coach, and he also says same jelly, different jam. Yeah, that, that one still doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me.
0: But, uh, no, I mean, shit, I'm out this spot, and I still, <laughs> yeah. you know, Luke's still giving me pointers. Like, I was, you know, on my I think on my last set, I was high on my first rep, and then buried my second. I got forward on my toes. and But, you know, unless you have somebody actually giving you those cues, like, hey, sit back, chest up, you know, big breath you know, squeeze your traps. I mean, all these little cues, uh, you know, you just end up kind of replicating the same shitty stuff and uh, don't get stronger. You don't get stronger. Um, you know, I, it's funny. I, I had a, uh, a meeting yesterday with a guy and we were talking and he, he uh, made the, and at least in my eyes, the mother of all fuck ups is uh, the practice makes perfect, which drives me crazy because it's not practice. that makes perfect. It's perfect practice. that makes perfect. Somebody can practice right. and replicate shit over and over again. And they're never going to get better. It's just going to look continually shittier. And they're going to ask, why aren't I getting better? He's been replicating shitty stuff over mm-hmm. and over, over and over. Yeah, and, they're and, per- now, per- and now you've basically effectively built these neuromuscular pathways or movement patterns that are terrible. And you have no hope of changing them. So, you know, that's why we say perfect practice makes perfect. So, I mean, just yeah, practice def- in general, right. randomly doing shit isn't going to get you better.
2: I mean, I don't know how many times we got like new members coming into the gym who've who've worked out at, you know, like a valleys or some kind of corporate gym. They come in, load up the bar with a shit ton of weight. They're going to squat it. They barely get above parallel even. And they rack it. And I'm and they look at me like, what would you think of that? And I'm still waiting for you to squat. I'm like, well, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Lighten up the weight and get low, man. And and well, that's how I squat. That's the way I've been doing it for years. And basically yeah. just replicating shitty movement for years. Bad bad motor pathways. Yeah. It's like you gotta start all over again. You know, here's a box. Lower yeah. lower you down to that box, you know. And then they get all frustrated because uh I'm putting a box under you, but it's like you gotta you know, we we gotta start from the beginning now and and get the movement right so you can have perfect practice. I like that.
3: Yeah. Perfect. Cause I mean, practice can make perfect, but if you're doing it shitty, then it's making perfect shit.
2: Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: This and we see it. at we do that in our seminars. We see it. We ask people to, uh, just as a preview for those of you who haven't been there, guys like, you know, Steve, um, <laughs> we, we have you do strict pull up, and we have you try to keep a neutral head. And you'd be amazed at how like, you know, think about your traditional typical crossfitter, how many reps they have on a pull up bar, whether it's butterfly or kipping where they're trying to do anything to get their chin over the bar and they break at that C spine thousands, millions. I don't know. Maybe millions. I don't know. But, uh, you ask them to do that in a controlled environment at a slow pace and they still cannot break that movement pattern, that habit. It's crazy. So, but, uh, yeah. Let's go forward on this. I know uh, you know, and it's important. Go
3: on, Steve. What's up? What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say. I was just going to say a final comment about that. Um, sort of perfect practice makes um, perfect. Is that um, it's it's especially true I see with youngsters. We get youngsters in our gym, and and even my two year old. Um, you know nowadays kids sit in chairs all day long and and they don't have any direction with respect to uh, movement. And you could see that happening very easily in young kids developing with bat. And like we said, get a good coach, a bad coach or or no coach whatsoever. Um, uh, The same kind of bad motor programs that are then really, really hard to break when it, when they go into the gym and really want to work out, like Denny was saying, guys who can't squat below parallel and that sort of thing. Um, but maybe we should move on to our next question. Um, Denny, you got this one.
2: Yeah. It's from our guy dreadlocked. Um, he's actually asking three questions. Uh, I, I think the first two we've kind of go, gone over with before on some of the other podcasts, but I like, I like his last one, uh, where he talks about like keeping a diary of your workouts. um, he asked, like, hey, guys, I'm wondering if you could talk about if anything you do with your own data. Uh, I have a notebook that goes back like two years. Uh, it's great to be able to check what I squatted last week. But should I be using it in a more critical slash productive way?
1: Well, that's, and I, you know, just, OK, so we'll talk-
2: gosh, I was going to say I. I've I've kind of kept my own you know, like Excel spreadsheet, my workout since like 2007. And I mean, it's great to, to go back if I'm going to repeat a certain, um, like D watt or something to see what my time was, or, um, you know, my strength numbers, but I'll be honest, you know, like the past six or seven months, I, I kind of haven't been writing all that stuff down. I, you know, I mean, I know where I stand on, on all my lifts. And you know uh, the the conditioning is change, you know, it's constantly changing. Um, I know if I can kind of just if I'm crushed and I feel like I gave it my all, I'm cool with that. I'm I'm not gonna run home and and kind of you know write that down in a spreadsheet. But you know, it, we also have a website at the gym that uh you know you can key in your numbers and you know that'll remember it as well. So um you know I don't I guess in my own what I'm trying to say is my own personal case. You know, I don't really use that data for anything. I kind of, you know, it's just kind of opening right now.
3: Really? Denny, I'm completely 180 degrees out of phase with you. Um, And the people on the CrossFit football boards used to make fun of me and I don't post it like this anymore. Um,
0: Uh, I (laughs) don't post the humidity anymore.
3: (laughs) I don't. Hey, (laughs) yeah, 72
2: degrees humidity. I, I always thought that was cool.
3: When you train outside though, those kinds of things affect you. Right. And so I remember talking to Greg Glassman one time, and he's talking about, um, constant variation. And he says to me, you know, do you know what that means? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. It's like changing the workout every day. He's like, well, what about like where you train altitude, you train temperature, you train equipment you train with. And I was like, Dang, I never really thought about that. And so um, a couple of buddies of mine started tracking that. And, you know, I haven't gone over it with a fine tooth comb, but I do know on certain days, like when it's cold, you know, I have notes saying things like, you know, I have got to warm up differently, not just longer, but just differently altogether. When it's hot and humid, when it's, you know, pushing 100 degrees and 80, 90 percent humidity my conditioning is going to suck because I can't breathe. Right. So, I mean, I think some of those things you guys laugh at me and then I also track what I do post-workout and really I just do that as sort of an ongoing sort of experiment on myself. Right. You know, what works is milk post-workout. Good. Um, is just protein is created. What is working for me if I'm doing it, if I'm taking too much fish oil, too little fish oil, what have you. So I know, but I'm, that's, I mean, that's how I roll, right. I'm a, I'm a science geek. So um, but the, I use that data all the time and always reflect back on thinking about what time of year it is, what kinds of things I can expect from my lungs. Um, so I, I differ completely. But I'm, I'm glad to know that y'all are making fun of me behind my back.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, now it's, it's right to, to your, your face, I guess, or to your ears. But uh, yeah, yeah. Any time I train, I write it down in terms of what I, I go and look back for. Uh, or why we've looked back in notes is more so uh, like, hey, remember we'll be talking about what worked, what didn't work, and more and more times than not, like, yeah, we got really strong that one week. What was different? And uh, that that's what we. The only time I've really referenced it, um, I just have a terrible short term memory. I'm like that guy from I'm like Guy Pearson Memento. Like I need to tattoo everything on my arms, on my neck and stuff. So if I don't take notes constantly, then I, I just tend to forget you know, where I'm at. It's just because I'm moving a hundred different directions at once. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't consider myself a scientist, but I have an appreciation for granular data. So Steve, I thought it was great that you were doing that stuff. I know Callie had no appreciation for it, but she sees everything in black and white. She's two dimensional, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so nice. just, I guess to address, um, I think I, I met Dreadlocked in Missouri and he he brought his weird signs like binder of of whatever else he had in there is like sketches of birds and uh like naked characters of himself and then his training log, which uh but no, it's it's legit. And at the end of the day, Steve, I know you and I had had talked about it. Uh he also asked something about uh what? Oh, do the results affect programming at all? Uh, Yeah, short answer is yeah. John looks through the boards and has a few anchor points he looks at in terms of regular posters. And I know that he takes that into account for his programming. But Steve and I, eventually, once we free up some time, we're going to take an approach on how we can maybe try to capture some
3: data and do some study on it, right? Steve? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. So in terms of –
1: as you guys follow the program, yeah, put your results in there. If you're following behind, try to double post so maybe, it on the day you did it. And the current day, we'll figure that out. But I'm just at the end of the day, there's just so much information out there. We got to figure out how we're going to compartmentalize all that stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And probably know that, uh, you know, if if you're somebody who it's not working for, it doesn't mean that, that the whole program is going to change around, you know, one data point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's all the questions we had, right, Denny, at least for this week. Absolutely. Um, do you guys have any like closing words or John, I'm sure you if you're even still there, you want to get back to your your squatting or whatever you're doing?
0: Yeah, I'm going to try to get, uh, you know, my workout was supposed to start at about nine o'clock and I'm going on roughly three hours now. So this is like <laughs> the longest workout of my life. And I've only gotten three exercises. But, uh, let's see. Anything else? Has the
3: humidity? Has the humidity changed?
0: No, it's always nice here in Southern California. I think that's why we don't have an appreciation for I, what you were writing. Cause I'm like, it's always about 67 degrees with no humidity here in Southern California.
3: I know my wife just got back from Long Beach. She was out there for a conference and she called me and she was like, I don't think I'm coming back. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's uh apparently great. I've never been out there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's nice. I mean, it's um, you gotta you know, make the trip. You know, if you're into this type of stuff, I mean, Luke, hates it wants to go back to Napierville all the time just want to go
1: <laughs> sit in a cube and push
0: pencils well i heard that Napierville is nicer than Naperville they're next door to each other <laughs> it's two separate towns <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty excited i I've, I've only been to Napierville i haven't been to Naperville but, oh, yeah, have I? you're missing out dude
1: the lantern let's and see what else the is la- there. and then there's the the uh, lantern, lantern. Naperville what else is Naperville that's all i know of, really yeah. <laughs> nice nice Uh, let's see what else what else we got uh team series is going strong get signed up i know uh california events probably going to sell out here in the next couple of weeks same thing with the midwest uh we're we're basically just ditching the whole late registration thing because uh i don't know people are just signing up late so get your team signed up i think there's just a maybe a half dozen spots left for the chicago one Southern California selling out. Freddie's doing a great job in NorCal. He's selling his out. We got certs coming up. Where are we going to be? Ohio. Ohio. Naperville. Uh, Naperville. The Paris of the Midwest, as I like uh, to call it.
2: Naperville.
1: Pro- Pro- Providence, Rhode Island.
0: Um, uh, Buenos Aires. Oddly enough, uh, we're almost sold out in, Bu- in Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina, which uh, nice. blew me away. Uh, the other one that's pretty big right now, we got the, the UK's pretty big. And then uh, we also have a combination of cert uh, in Germany slash Oktoberfest slash, slash uh, Power Athlete Team Series, and uh, I heard a rumor that maybe some of the CrossFit football staff might actually be competing in that one. So maybe as ringers, but uh, I don't know. We're still uh, that that one still might be up in the uh, up to discretion. Uh, yeah, right. I we should do it. Just do it.
1: To show up, we're gonna have to recruit a female though. We have to find a girl, and then, uh, oh, you guys, a few shows ago, we John and I finalized some shirt designs. You guys are gonna get maybe five or six new shirts in the next three weeks.
3: Nice, nice, awesome. So, some new um, shirts, awesome.
1: power athlete shirts, it's
3: good stuff. Awesome, that's yeah. cool. I know people on the boards are looking for some power athlete stuff.
0: Yeah, we got that, and then, uh, we have Memorial Day this weekend. We're going to have a barbecue on Saturday. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, what do um, you guys got
1: going for Memorial Day? You going to paint a fence or something?
2: Isn't that what you're <laughs> <laughs> doing? I'm like, going training for the team series, man. Denny, oh, yeah. He's I'm going to set pool. a PR. Danny, you're guaranteeing a PR. He
0: said he'll set a PR in anything. I'm guaranteeing he's, a PR, dude. Steady. You know, you could be senile. <laughs> and anything could happen. He, he might not remember.
2: no you know my my memorial day routine usually consists of like uh watching the tilman story right one of my favorite movies if you haven't ever seen that documentary it's badass and then uh i go and like crush a workout so it's going to be team series based i'm gonna do a lot of prowler and then uh drink some beers and grill some food it's not paleo that's uh, hopefully we'll have some good weather. <laughs> did
3: you That's say it's paleo. not paleo? That's paleo. Nah. That.
0: Yeah. Paleo. Beers paleo.
3: Beers paleo. Yeah.
1: Um, well, te-
0: technically anything's what? paleo uh, as long as uh,
1: you can. As long as you know a caveman who did it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> as long as you know a caveman, or it doesn't have. <laughs> yeah. I, I've come to the conclusion now that uh, anything's paleo as long as it doesn't have
1: gluten in it. So, like, gluten free and paleo are kind of like kind of blurring the line. And before the paleo people put you on a cool. steak, John, and fucking and drive it into the ground, he's kidding. It's a joke. Yeah, I'm just making jokes.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. That'll no. that'll be the next thing that's posted on the forums. Yeah, but that's interesting because I've tried uh gluten free beer. It's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. I actually like it
0: more. Uh, there was oh man, maybe issues. I just There's I had no, a bad oh, stuff. Fridge, I love them bad all. Bad Bats.
3: I um, like
0: the the Red Bridge is good. Yeah, no, and try omission. Mission is pretty good. We'll, uh, we'll actually, the uh, the gluten free beer will be flowing like wine, and yeah, the steaks we burn. Will yeah, be, I like know. the
3: Red Bridge, and I think
1: there's.
3: Yeah, nice. I'm,
1: you know, I'm, I'm on. Uh, I'm kind of with Denny. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about either of those. It's more of a function type deal. You know, like what's going to get the job done quicker. I know Ben and Callie are big in yeah. like wine coolers and shrunken ice and stuff like that. Zima, Zima,
0: yeah, Zima.
1: Ben, they drink Zima. I you know, <laughs> actually am
3: pretty Zima. sure
0: off, like, they still make that. Well, obviously they do. He basically, made a bed out of it. Like he sleeps on the cases, and then he periodically brings them out. I'm like, where did you get Zima? He's like, I, I got it saved. You know, he like like you know Ben loves wow. like a Zima, a Bar- a Bartles and James. Maybe a Jack Daniel's uh, killer cocktail, iced tea thing. I mean, that's what he's into. <laughs> nice,
3: nice.
1: Pink, pink, oh,
0: pink is
3: always extended. <laughs>
1: yes, always extended. Oh god, oh. No. we're off the reservation, men. Uh, let's uh,
3: Zima, Zima.
1: Let's call it a show. You guys got anything else? <laughs> no,
2: no,
3: I'm good. You good, Danny? I'm good. All right, cool. All right, thanks. Yes, well then, I guess uh, Power Athlete is out of here. Uh, Take care, guys. Yeah. All right.
2: See you, guys. Thanks. All right.
3: Bye-bye.